0: Hello and welcome to your Over the Farmgate podcast brought to you by Farmers, Guardian and the CLA. We're your hosts for this week. It's me, Farmers, Guardian editor Ben Briggs.
1: And me, Farmers, Guardian business reporter Alex Black. Don't forget, we'll bring you a new episode of the podcast every Tuesday. Subscribe to all your favourite platforms, whether that's Spotify, Google, Apple, Stitcher or Acast to ensure you stay up to date.
0: This week we're taking a look at the British milkman, an institution very close to my own heart. For more than 50 years, my family's run a large doorstep delivery service in Blackburn, Lancashire, and over that time has overseen the delivery of in excess of 20 million pints of milk. With my brother and I having spent many days and weeks either delivering bottles to doorsteps or collecting milk money, the latter of which was my speciality, our family has witnessed the rise, fall and rise again of the humble milkman and woman. And when lockdown hit, Milkmen milkman saw an instant boost in customers looking to get their milk delivered to the doorstep. It followed years of decline in the traditional milk round as people, almost inevitably, looked towards the supermarket giants for the daily pinty. But as Alex found out when she spoke to AHDB's Chris Goodman and Susie Stanard about the history and future of the milkman, it's very much a sector which is back in business.
2: The Country Land and Business Association is the only organisation solely dedicated to the protection of land and property rights and promoting the interests of the wider rural economy. We help our members work in the best interests of the land, wildlife and the environment. Join today at www.cla.org.uk.
1: So historically, at one point, we all practically would have had a a doorstep delivery of milk. Do you want to take us through the history of the milkman and how we've got to where we are today, Chris?
2: The milkman arrived in the UK in around about the 1860s. And it was originally a means by which to get um, fresh milk from rural communities into the city. Um, And it was done by rail. But, um, you know, if we if we look back to around 1970s, Pretty much 99% of the milk was purchased on the doorstep through the milkman. And it it um, it remained the dominant feature through the 70s and into the 80s. But we start to see milk moving from doorstep to um, retail. And there was a rapid movement through the 90s. Um, so at the start of the 90s, about 30% of milk was consumed um, or, or purchased through the retailer. But by the end of the 90s, that was up at nearly 75%. Um, and uh, and we've seen that movement continue right through really through um, into the 2000s. And so we, we were sitting prior to coronavirus, we we're probably sitting at around 97, 98 percent of the milk being purchased um, through the retailer and only, only two or three percent on the doorstep.
1: And why is that switch happened?
2: I, I guess that there was a there was a number of, of things. So So consumers moving to doing big grocery shops once a week. So the, the rise of the big retailers and milk was just another product that, that they would purchase. Uh, and as we saw people moving to, to away from doorstep delivery, I, I guess those doorstep deliveries became less efficient. And with the less efficiency, the, the price differential started to grow. Um, we also went through a phase, um, certainly around the 90s, where um, retailers were offering quite significant discounts for milk. Um, so um, I think all of that kind of added to the to the movement away. And and it just as, as the shelf life of milk improved, people could uh, were able to buy it uh, one day a week and, and it would last the whole week. Whereas prior to that, of course, it, it was you needed that regular delivery in order to, to have consumable milk.
3: Susie, when we went into lockdown in March, what did we see happen then with the milkman? Well i mean as as we all know, there was lockdown represented a massive change in how we all live our lives um and there was a massive change in how people shop um and consume food as well um But what we saw was that um people's food occasions came in home um so up up by thirty percent, so rather than eating out they were they were eating at home and in terms of how we shopped. We really wanted to stop going to the shops as often, so the frequency of people going to the shops declined um, and, and and trip size in, increased, so so we bought more, and people started to look for other routes to buy things as well. So we saw online shopping really increasing, channels like convenience and butcher shops increasing, and, and crucially, um, channels like Milkmen um, growing as well um, to the point where some of some of the big kind of milkmen, such as Milk and More, actually had to stop taking on new customers just because they couldn't cope uh, with with the amount of demand. So big growth there, and we all kind of moved to getting more delivered to our
1: home. I suppose the milkman's kind of the original, the original home delivery service, isn't it?
3: Absolutely, and I think that really, um, there are a few things going on. It sort of fits a modern zeitgeist. Guys. So it's not just about the convenience um, offered. But I think before that, I think a lot of people were interested in getting milk delivered because of things like wanting to avoid plastics, wanting to support local businesses. Um, but I guess the barrier was always the price, as, as Chris talked about, um, you know, it can be a bit more expensive than, than going to, to a supermarket when you are going to the supermarket anyway. But I think what lockdown did was give consumers that extra nudge to actually think, well, I'm going to I'm going to do things a bit differently and I'm going to get the, the milkman coming again. And what's happened now that the restrictions have eased slightly?
1: Have we seen people flocking back to the supermarket
3: Um, There has been a bit of a shift. So the numbers um, of customers that we pick up in our our tracking went from uh, 530,000 in February to a peak of 703,000 in June. Now that dropped off a little bit, but it's still much higher than it was, which suggests that, that they are still retaining some of some of those new customers. And I think the interesting thing is um, that the audience seems to have changed. So traditionally, the sorts of people who were using Milkman tended to be older, uh, they tended to be more affluent, um, often retired. Um, and that's changed a bit now so the new customers coming in are more likely to be um, families with young children also pre-families as well so it really is bringing the milkman to to a new audience and what are the we, we touched a little
1: bit on what what drives people during lockdown but what are the main reasons that people want to use a milkman anyway what do they value in the milkman service
3: well, the biggest thing that people talk about is um, supporting local businesses, interestingly. Yeah. Um, about 70% of people talk talk about that. Um, and I think there is this perception that, that by using a milkman, you will be getting milk from the farm down the road, even though, though that might not be the case. It, it does seem to be a perception that that people have, but also convenience is is a big thing that people talk about as well and um, that idea of getting up in the morning and your milk being just outside the door um is is very attractive particularly if it avoid if if it gives you the chance to avoid that extra trip trip to the shops um and also things like quality, Britishness coming in. Interestingly, environment, which I would have expected to be one of the key drivers, actually comes a little bit lower down the list, down in fifth, but it's still one of the, the things that people do talk about. And there seems to have been,
1: um, you know, you talk about the support for local there, there seems to have been sort of a newfound, you know, drive for people in general to support British businesses and local businesses during the, the um, lockdown and this crisis, doesn't there?
3: Yeah, I think that's true, and I think we see that um, that for meat as well, particularly. So, during lockdown, there was a big growth in channels like butcher shops, in particular. Uh, they saw footfall and trade up by about thirty percent. You know, they were reporting scenes in their shops which they don't normally see outside of the kind of very busy Christmas period, um, and things like um, farmers. Um, farm shops as well um, performing very well um, but interestingly as well as the kind of local side of things there was also a big boost to things like um, box schemes um, which is kind of that that sort of remote uh, commerce as well so things like veg boxes um, also having to stop taking on new customers but also things like HelloFresh Gusto, those kinds of recipe boxes um, also doing incredibly well as people were really just trying to think outside of the box as they were seeking to avoid supermarkets i can either shop local or i can shop from a bit further away but how can i just avoid going into a place
1: yeah i know i switched to a milkman a couple of years ago now and one of the great things i found is you don't go to the shop so you don't buy you know a packet of sweets or whatever whatever rubbish you normally pick up when you just nip in for for a bottle of milk, which I, I find you you never just nip in and get a bottle of milk, do you?
3: That's interesting, Alex. So, do you do you also buy things outside of of milk, or is it just milk, or do you, do you get all the other staples around it?
1: Uh, so, I get milk and eggs off my milkman, and occasionally butter. And then at Christmas time, I ended up buying a lot of cheese off him as well. And do we Do we see that you know through this, especially milkman? they don't just deliver deliver milk to customers they deliver more items as well like that
3: that's that's true and i think that's another big driver for it but particularly for young fam- families if they can get you know the basics uh through through the milkmen um so bread milk cheese you know all of your kind of everyday staples i think that's that's really important in in giving them that that sense of convenience and I think the big thing for people was just maybe staving off that one extra trip to the shops. So normally we all have perhaps a main shop and then maybe two, three, four top-up shops throughout the week. But I think during lockdown that was something that people were really trying to avoid and Milkman really filled in that, that niche.
1: And what do we expect? I know it's difficult to predict with where we are and what restrictions are going to be, but what do we think going forward? Are we going to continue to see um you know these kind of milkman and other delivery schemes doing doing well
3: I think there's a few dynamics going on I mean certainly, I don't think consumer confidence in terms of what what's going on and and the virus has been restored yet, and we're still still everybody's feeling very worried and we haven't seen footfall returning in in the same way um so i th- I think that will keep people. Um, to some extent, but the other thing which which will become a factor increasingly is the economic picture. Um, as the furlough schemes end, uh, we're expecting to see quite a lot of job losses, redundancies, um, less extra money um, to play with. So that will push some people back to um, back to supermarkets again. What we saw in the 2008 um, recession was the rise of the discounter increasingly. Um and one thing that a lot of people have started to do uh in the recent months is um is move to the online channel. Um so people getting all their groceries delivered, which obviously provides competition um for the Milton in that way. But I think overall we would expect to see a boost um in customer volumes. Um we'll just have to wait and see to what extent those those are maintained. Um, but as with anything, it's really important that milkmen continue to evolve their offer, um, continue to innovate um, and, and you know, listen to, to their customers and, and offer those products which their customers are, are most interested in.
1: I was going to touch on that, you know, is there is there opportunities there for, not just in milk, for farmers, you know, to... that. You know, can offer these kind of innovative schemes. We t- talked about veg boxes as well, and um, meat, obviously, in farm shops. Is there opportunities there for farmers?
3: I think there are opportunities for for farmers, definitely. Um, you know, even in milk, uh, there's a, there's a chap who 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 we know very well who um, has a vending machine um, on his farm where where some consumers can come fill up their bottles and take the milk away. And I think that there's actually it drives a bit of interest in the category and a bit of a bit of drama as well and it's it's quite a fun thing to do with the kids as well come on let's go and let's go visit the farm and, and get some milk so I think there are some good opportunities um there um and then particularly on the meat side of things I think there are a lot of people who may be a bit worried about um about eating meat maybe been looking to cut back um, but one of the things those sorts of people say say to us is that they'd really like to understand more about where the meat they do consume comes from um, and that it's had a good life and that they feel confident about that. And actually being able to buy direct uh, from from farm often offers a lot of reassurance for, for some people.
2: You're still ploughing on and so are we. Get Farmer's Guardian delivered directly to your door every week. And access the latest news from the world of agriculture 24-7 through FGInsight.com. Simply subscribe to Farmer's Guardian. Check out our latest deals at FGInsight.com subscriptions today.
1: Thanks to Chris and Susie for their analysis. Now Muller's Milk and More is the UK's largest milk and grocery doorstep delivery service. It reported a jump of 33,000 people joining within a two-week period in March and April. During the height of the pandemic, sales of Milk and More products more than tripled, with website visits up 300%. And to help cope with the demand, Milk and More recruited an additional 150 new delivery drivers. But it wasn't just the big names which benefited from the UK's switch to home deliveries, as I've been finding out. Hi, I'm Ayla
4: Rowan. I'm a sixth-generation dairy farmer from the southwest of Scotland. We have Holstein-Friesian dairy cows, along with beef and sheep on the farm. Our cows are milked through robots, um, lellies. We decided about five years ago that we really wanted to add value to our milk contract and share our passion for cows and milk with everyone. So we set up Rowan's Dairy where we process our own milk and deliver to doorsteps throughout Dumfries and Galloway.
1: You said you wanted to add value, but why did you decide to go down the doorstep uh, delivery route?
4: Well, we initially thought that we would just deliver to trade customers, hotels, cafes, that kind of thing, which is what we started on. But we, as we started, we found it very, very difficult. There was a lot of competition and it was down to price. And the idea of what we were doing is to give our farm a fair price and a sustainable future. So if we went into milk wars, for instance, with that own price, it, there was no point in doing it. So we had a wee rethink over the... We started in the September, and then we had a rethink over the, the Christmas period. And um, Sister-in-law and myself, we put a wee thing out on our own Facebook pages, just generally saying, look, if we went to doorsteps, who of our friends would be interested? And it just took off from there and that, that's basically where we found our niche for the area and that's thats what we do. Obviously with
1: Covid we all, when we were all locked in, indoors, um, people moved to you know getting their groceries delivered, how has that affected your business?
4: Um, we were very fortunate um, it and was, it was a very instant boom, we overnight basically went into a phone meltdown situation that we were not prepared for I think because, like most people were kind of going, was going into lockdown and you're trying to think, well, we've got kids, how that's going to affect schooling? How will that really affect the farm? And there wasn't really the time to allow us to think about the business and that. And then within, so the next day, everyone was phoning. and was like, right, okay, let's just just keep saying, yes, we can do this and we'll need to make it work. So our five-year expansion plan happened within a month, which is quite difficult to implement especially when everybody else is on
1: lockdown yes I I imagine so and since then you know I think there's been a lot of people cynical saying you know people have moved to sourcing things from from farmers when they couldn't find milk and other items on the shelves have you seen a drop-off since we've come out of lockdown a little bit We have most definitely,
4: which is not a surprise. Um, Humans are creatures of habit. As soon as the supermarkets were open, um, for them, that's just their lifestyle and they find it. I I don't actually really have a problem with that. I know I'm a creature of habit as well. Um, Other people have then found it wasn't sustainable because it is slightly more expensive than milk that you'd be paying for in the supermarket or in your corner shop. So that's fine, but we have um, a huge amount of customers that are loyal and find that the service works for them. Um, They can have other products along with it and they've just integrated it into their lifestyles.
0: Brilliant.
1: And what kind of feedback have you got off off your customers?
4: Oh, there's always negative, which is good because you can learn from that because you want that. If everyone just keeps saying everything's brilliant the whole time, you can't learn, you can't get better. Um, But... For the majority of everything, it's very positive. There's big thank yous for helping out. Um, over the period, we, as a business, we say that if you're not having milk delivered, you can't have any other products delivered because we are, our milk is what our business is about. But over lockdown, we made exemptions for this, mainly because a lot of the older generation as well, if they are not able to get out and about, and there was such a long wait on delivery services for them or even people coming to help them. It was like, what do you need? We will go and get you something extra, even if we don't sell it. If you're needing it, we're there for you. If we're in your street, we can put something on your doorstep.
1: What other items do you do you send out with the milk? What else do you supply to people?
4: Um, on a regular basis, we are always stocking um, yogurts from local uh, from Glen, which is local to ourselves we do fresh orange juice we do eggs from a local free range egg farm which is great um over the lockdown period we introduce potatoes from our local fruit and veg man and uh, toilet rolls <laughs>
1: excellent that was the that was the big <laughs> rush wasn't it everybody uh, p- stop piling the toilet roll
4: Aye, we were able to get a wholesaler that we were able to get toilet rolls in from that was fine and we couldn't keep them in stock so we bought a pallet load in. Thank goodness there's no expiration date on them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and and what are you expecting um, going forward obviously if restrictions tighten again besides being able to sell the uh, toilet rolls that you've got what are you
4: expecting there? I don't I don't know. I don't think any of us can expect anything because they keep saying things are going to change but nobody actually tells you going to change obviously our logistics and the infrastructure now is prepared for this if it happens and we're here for people Um, We just need to if we got through the last time we can get through this time obviously the other big topic I
1: find on a lot of people's minds is climate change outside of outside of covid delivering um, milk I suppose in glass bottles outside of plastic has that been a big driver for
4: a lot of your customers Um, It has done. Thankfully, uh, a majority of our customers are with us for having local milk and from with ourselves. So there's there's an accessibility, basically, if they want to know where their milk's come from. Obviously, coming to visit the farm at the moment is not really possible. But any other normal times, we we have an open farm policy for that. Anybody can come and find. We're very open on social media about these things. We like people to know. And then they support that. We buy in glass-bottled milk at present um because obviously there's still a proportion that would like the glass bottles so i'm not going to turn anybody down i'll sort something in and find it but we are at present um putting in a class a glass bottling plant um, so hopefully by the turn of the year they will have a local free range milk in a glass bottle fingers crossed it's quite exciting <laughs> and that that free range element as well
1: is that important to your customers I think it
4: is. Um, a lot of customers will come in looking for organic milk and obviously because we're not. So, I'm, first of all, instead of just saying, no, we're not, it was like more inquiring, why would you like organic milk? And they will say, and we'll say, well, that's fair enough. I'll explain what our milk is and why the, what the free range element of that is. And nine times out of ten, they were like, oh, I didn't realise that. Okay, so... It's never about saying that one system is better than the other. It's just making sure that everybody has all the information and free to choose from there.
0: Thanks to Eilert for speaking to us about their farm. On a personal note, I'd like to dedicate this episode of the podcast to my late dad, Bill, who sadly passed away last year. But with Trilby Hat stuck to his head, he delivered milk to the people of Blackburn for more than 50 years and was incredibly proud to call himself a milkman and a farmer. well that's it for this week thank you for listening don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform to keep notified of all the new episodes of over the farm gate we'll be back next tuesday but from us at farmers guardian and the team at the cla thank you for listening we hope you stay safe and well and goodbye for now